please turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 6 through 8 from Romans chapter 5. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. As we're about to partake of the Lord's table, remember his death and resurrection and celebrate, look forward to his return. I want us to think for a few moments about who Jesus died for. This death of terrible pain and anguish and shame, all of this he went through more than we will probably ever understand on this earth. Christ came to die for weak people, people incapable of saving themselves, people helpless, people who are spiritually dead. There's no hope for these weak people, no way for them to take themselves out of the mire that they are in. They cannot make a move towards God because they are weak. They cannot rescue themselves. Christ died for the weak. Christ also died for the ungodly. People who have no reverence for God. People who do not worship Him. People who do not, do not recognize Him. People who do not bow their knee. And people who have no intention of bowing their knee to him, people who condemn God, people who treat God with contempt, they mock him. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ also died for sinners. Christ died for sinners, people who live their life in rebellion to God. Since they do not worship God, they try to replace God with something else. They have no consideration for obeying God, but rather they run the other way. They are enemies of God. They live not in accordance with God's cause, but they go against God's cause. These are the people that Christ died for, the weak, the ungodly, the sinners. As I thought about these type of people which Christ came to die for, I thought, are these people worth dying for? God's way of thinking is put in contrast with man's way of thinking. It says here that in verse 7, we would scarcely die for a righteous person. We might even dare to die for a good person. 
we would hardly sacrifice our life for someone else's, even if that person is good. We would not want to waste our life to die for somebody who is not worthy of our death. Verse, verse says in here, verse 7, we might dare to die for a good person. Basically, it's saying it's not easy. We have to build up some courage in ourselves if we're going to even die for a good person. We have to find within ourselves some boldness where we might lay down our life. How difficult it is for man to die even for a good person, much less their enemy. Who would die for someone who hated them? That's unthinkable to our minds. That's beyond reason. That's beyond logic. The person who would die for his enemy, we would consider, consider insane, out of his right mind. But then we come to the great divide in verse 8. The contrast between how we think and how God thinks. Verse 8, but God. This is where hope bursts through. This is where the glory of the gospel shines into our life. Because it's not a plan according to man's wisdoms or man's thoughts, but a pl- completely according to God's. God showed, demonstrated his love toward us by sending his son to die on our behalf. And then, here's the kicker. There's nobody good for Christ to die for. He could only die for the weak the ungodly, the sinners. Man would scarcely die for a righteous person. They might dare to die for a good person, but for Christ, there was no good person. There was no one righteous, as Romans 3, 10 through 12. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. No one was righteous. Christ came, died to make people righteous. So that those who put their faith in him might receive his righteousness. Romans 5.19, later in this verse, For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Christ's obedience on the cross saved his enemies. Can you imagine Christ, the Son of God, holy, almighty, righteous creator, died for his enemies? As I meditated on these verses, I thought of an army just before they go out to battle. The commander of the army gathers his troops for one last talk, one last great uh, speech to get his troops ready to face the battlefield. And what if that commander said, men today die for your enemies. Die for the people who are on the other side. 
and in dying for them, you actually bring them to our side. Is that a word that would spur them on to victory? That's what Christ did for us. We are the weak. We are the ungodly. We are the sinners, or we were until Christ saved us. Till he gave us his righteousness. And now we see, as it says in verse 8, God's love for us. God's love condescended from the heavens, reached down, touched our lives. Lives that were not worthy. Lives that had not even an ounce of honor. It's in Christ's death that we see the vast depths of God's love God loved us enough to send his son into the world to die on a cross so that we might be brought into sweet fellowship with him. Into sweet communion. We take this bread then symbolizing Christ's body which was broken for us. We take this cup symbolizing Christ's blood which was shed for us. And we remember God's love bringing us to Himself, the price that Christ paid. And we look forward to the eternal communion, being with God forever in His presence, seeing Christ face to face, beholding His glory, being with Him forever and ever. All who are believers. In Christ, followers of his are welcome to celebrate God's love as we partake of the Lord's table. May we draw our minds to the price Christ paid for us and may we look forward to what we have in eternity with God forever. Please pray with me.